you hear a thousand times, don't be afraid of failure. Because you can look back and be like, oh, I failed. And you can get over that. Because failure sometimes humbles you. Yeah. You learn more. But the not trying aspect or not, not never knowing, try. I will never be able to live with that. So just make the most of it. Oil and gas today is more than exploration and production. It is more than the feet drilled or the hours of continuous pumping. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The Oil Field 360 podcast is a 360-degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oil Field 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, one of the largest and most experienced energy investment banking firms in the industry, offering M&A advisory, capital markets execution, and investment research. For more information, please visit SimmonsPSC.com. Lockton Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly different. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit Lockton.com for more information. Tomahawk Safety a leading manufacturer of safety gloves ergonomically designed for superior fit, offering best-in-class protection and helping you combat the industry's toughest jobs. Tomahawk is also supporting our frontline healthcare workers by offering isolation gowns, gloves, masks, and other critical medical PPE. For more information, please visit TomahawkSafety.com. Range Valuation Services Range is the only oil and gas-focused valuation and appraisal firm in the financial services industry. Range specializes in appraising and valuing oil field equipment, machinery, inventory, and property, and customarily works directly with clients, lenders, investment bankers, insurers, and private equity and debt sponsors. For more information, please visit rangevaluationservices.com. Okay, so welcome back to the Oil Field 360 podcast. So when Jonathan edits this, you're going to notice that there's a noticeable uh, difference between where we were and where we are. We That's the first commercial break that we've ever taken in the history of the company, which is over a year old now. Uh, the reason that we took the break was because, we, first of all, we were building an audience. People were showing up outside of the studio into the production room. They were looking in. You have brought, as I've, we've mentioned uh, numerous times, you've brought an entire collection of the Fletcher Azul tequila. They want it in. It was time to take a break. We took the break. The room just filled up with people, which is great. Everybody was socially distanced. Don't worry about it. And uh, now we are back. We're going to try to try to land the plane here. <laughs> but this is we, we're having too much fun. This is great. You know, it's incredible. I, this is a lot of fun. Except to me, like right now, it's like sitting at a playing 18 holes and been at the clubhouse and just talking about everything well that's you know? what we're so doing it's kind of you know um 
I love it. Well, and listen, this has been awesome. And we've got uh, some former guests in here as well. It's it's just a great episode. So we're going to try, like I said, try to land the plane here. What uh, You mentioned the Jordan documentary. So I'm 42. Obviously, I look 24, but I'm not. <laughs> 42 years old. So Jordan, to me, was the, the stud, right? Everybody loved Jordan. And then you grow up as a sports fan. You watch guys like Kobe come in. Totally awesome. Then LeBron. And there, I was on the LeBron train for a while of being, he was the best player that I've ever seen. Because he's great. 6'8", the guy could move just all over the place. And then you watch the Jordan documentary. And you remember how good he really was and how competitive he was. I'm, you know, I, learn, I, t- I try to take as much as I can from different books and sports. There's a guy named Colin Cowherd, The Herd. Yeah. And he always says that success is transferable. It's a great point it is, to make. for sure. So you, you can watch a guy like Jordan being the, the best that he was. What lessons did you learn then? Or have you, are you look back on and say, man, that trait that he has is something that I still admire or I admire more today than then. What are you kind of, and I mean this le- legitimately, like what are you learning from the Jordan documentary other than it's just great to watch? You know, Jordan, Jordan's incredible. And I always get asked, like, who's better, Jordan or LeBron? The, I was mentioning to you earlier that I had been in Milan for 45 days, almost two months. And this past weekend, I went to Florida, uh, f- spent a couple of days, and we're playing golf. And uh, one of the guys we're playing golf with is a, a great young kid. Um, and he was talking about the Jordan documentary. He said, Man, so what do you think, Jordan or LeBron? I was like, not even close, man. It's Jordan. He's like, oh my gosh, it's LeBron. You know, everyone. I'm like, I said, I'm gonna allow you to be wrong. I said because yeah. it's like no, no <laughs> one compares to Jordan. Jordan changed. Jordan. You have um, athletes that are become icons, and in in basketball you have Michael Jordan, and I don't see now no one even come coming close to that because he was a cultural. You mean in basketball? In basketball, yeah. In basketball, and then in golf, you have Tiger Woods. Yep, transcends. Right. Uh, so, and then there's every sport has that icon, and for Michael Wayne Jordan, Gretzky. I mean, uh, yeah. who's this? Who, Wayne Gretzky. And and and, and yep. hockey, Wayne Gretzky, the great but, one. But but really, he says Wayne Gretzky, and he's right on that. And Wayne's the best that ever was in hockey, but Jordan transcended basketball. Jordan became Tri- Tiger transcended golf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Muhammad Ali transcended. So. Gretzky was amazing in his time. He really, I mean, he was the best, but it really is maybe five guys that yeah. have transcended their entire sport to, to become this thing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. No, I mean, and Jordan was that. Jordan became bigger than, he was the most recognizable athlete, kind of like Tiger Woods was or, or is now. And I mean, I don't think LeBron's going to get to that point. And, and a lot of it is because you can't redo something like, that too already. Too much media. It's too honestly. much media yeah. now. You know, and Jordan did that before social they media. Would have, they would have picked Jordan apart if he had the same media today that they do, and that's not really yeah. fair to a LeBron or even – it just is what it is. I mean, there's more visibility to these guys, so you know so much about them. Yeah. Like, I know what wine LeBron James drinks yeah. because of Instagram. Like, that's something that you don't know you about can, Michael you Jordan. Couldn't Im- you couldn't envision that. And I think we're <laughs> like Italian, Le- by the way. I think we're like LeBron. Now, one thing that I give – I think Jordan's a way better – Nothing, no one to me in my eyes would compare to Jordan. But one thing that I do give LeBron a lot of credit is what he does for low-income kids. Yeah. And everything, I mean, the, all the stuff that he does for, for charities. The guy has an incredible heart. If you think about LeBron James, he comes from a single mom. Mm-hmm. 
No, I mean, he grew up as poor as possible. He's married to his high school sweetheart. He has three, three beautiful kids. Yep. Takes care of those kids. And he is an incredible role model for not only African Americans, but to any American. I, I love LeBron He's an James. incredible person. Yes. But and he will funny. never be Jordan. But well, he will never be Jordan. Jordan. You brought up a great point, though. He I'm won't like, be Jordan. But Fletcher Azul Tequila will be the Michael Jordan of the tequila I, I, I hope, you know, Mike, yeah. Michael Jordan has his own tequila that he came out uh, no, with. No, no, no. He thinks he does. This but is better. It's just, you got, it's kind of like, if you want Mexican food, are you going to go to Taco Sound Bell? Like Josh for a second. First of all, <laughs> I mean, you're not, right? I will, you will leave this room if you make fun of Taco Bell. No, I mean, I, you're, you're telling me you've never had a, a Frito burrito from Taco Bell? I, uh, Jesus, we're going to take me. you to the hospital right now. Yeah. You know, sorry, we, you, I, they'll be editing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm saying it's like, Jordan, I, I, the reason I say this because, um, Whenever the first time that I went to Tequila Jalisco, and obviously like George Clooney is incredible, right? Yeah. And he did Casamigos. Casamigos sold for billion three or whatever, with only three profiles uh, of tequila, and more of a middle market. Um, so they they did well. But I asked the guys. I said, "Hey, t- so where was George Clooney? And you know wh- what?" What field were they? Where's their Casamigos field? And where were they? I was like, oh man, that was all CGI. Or oh really? Yeah, he's like, they were, they've never been Smoke down here. Heli- they never been here. Tequila Jalisco. I was like, so they've never been here. Like no, they have never been here. And that's all. Yeah. So, um, so, so while we're while we're talking about tequila, I transitioned from basketball. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, while we're talking about tequila, where do you see tequila in the next three to five years? Fletcher's little tequila. What are what are your what are your goals and objectives? And so for us, what we wanted to create was a brand of a tequila that was that was healthy. We didn't want to add any sugar. We didn't want to add anything because, like, I live a even during the the coronavirus, my routine has not changed. My alarm clock goes off at five. Usually at four thirty, I'm already up, and then I turn it off at five. I make a couple cups of coffee. I go go to the gym, spend an hour. And then I go to the office. Over the last couple months, that's changed. But my routine has not changed. I go to the, get, go to the gym, go do all this, and I come back to, I come back to the office. So I maintain an active lifestyle, and and in our business, entertaining and doing things yeah. is part of what travel. we do. Travel, uh, and I enjoy having a nice cocktail at the end of the day because, especially like now when you wake up and oils. Ten dollars, twelve dollars, twenty dollars. We hit twenty-four. Yeah, We're and big day. So sometimes, you know, you want, you just want to have a nice nightcap. So what I wanted to do is create a, a tequila that you can have a nice drink, but the next morning you're not going to be hungover. You're not going to have. You're not going to feel exhausted or tired or, or anything. Um, and that's what we've done. And so our tequila is a tequila that you can have a couple of drinks. Or, or even more, and the next day you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be hurting. So I, I feel that we created the right profile, the right, the right everything, and and as you mentioned, like the packaging and the branding, like I love, I love uh, Steve Jobs. I'm a big marketing guy. I'm marketing to me is, so like, we get opportunities like for example with Wildcat, the opportunities that we that we have right now in the Middle East, were through social media posts. That they heard about our, yeah. our express drill, 
and our LinkedIn. And uh, so to me now, and that's free, it's free advertising. And so for us, to me, I'm a marketing guy, I'm a packaging guy. I'm, yeah. I'm about, about the customer experience and creating a brand. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean and that, that's what that's what I love. So, so for us with uh, Flech Azul, we're gonna we're focusing on Texas because we're all we're Texan and we're and we want to have it all over all over Texas, um, and then con- con- continue to expand. Um, we have Mexico coming up. Uh, we're already getting opportunities in Singapore and the UK from large distributions to be. At, but within five years, Flech Azul will be global. So, it will I mean, be a global brand. At, at $24 a barrel, it's a lot more fun to talk about Fletch Azul than it is Wildcat oil tools. But, I mean, the reality is, is like, that's your core. That's, your, your, that's where you started out. That's what you're doing. What is, what's the five-year plan look like for that? I mean, the growth and the, um, just the vision for where do you see? Because, listen, we've, we have a lot of our friends that we all know that the next five years is not going to look anything like the last five years. Yeah. So how does the oil industry, energy industry, really is the better way to say it, and the Wildcat oil tools, how does that look for the next five years? Well, one of the things like for us with, with Wildcat that I'm very proud about is our, um, our management team is very young. Like I, I was mentioning to you earlier, our management team is, is we have guys who are in their 60s, but a core group is our people my age. Yeah, I'm, I'll be 38 tomorrow. He's calling us um, old. And but we have a really good team. But we might we'll, as well just say you're 37 and a half. I'm th- I just don't want to be 38. <laughs> yeah. Just yet, man. Just give me one more. Give me one. Give me one more. Like well, half. Well, we're the old old yeah. guys here. Um, but well, we we've adapted. We've adapted so much over the last eight years for Wildcat. So for us, like right now, we have we're uh, delivering some incredible equipment to uh, Argentina, and so Argentina's. You know, uh, we work with with uh, a group out of Argentina uh, to Im- send some of our equipment, which is incredible. So I like that business model of developing new technology, manufacturing it here in the U.S. and sending it all over the world. Um, I'm never going to add rigs. I'm not going to add snubbing units. I'm not going to add heavy capital equipment. So we're focusing more on the on the proprietary tools that we can sell all over all over the, the globe. And like I was talking to you. Initially, that wasn't the case my first three years, but then I went to the next tee box. Now the wind's against me. Uh, so I'm, I'm having to adapt accordingly. And for us, you know, we're very you know, mindful of, of where the industry is. I mean, I, I study every aspect of, of forecasts of, of everything because the way I look at it as a, as a CEO of a company or a business owner of anything, it's your responsibility to be the vision and of, of the company. And so you get a game plan in place and, and your team has to execute while you focus on the next six months. And so that's what we're doing now. Wildcat, over the next five, six years, will be one of the most prominent companies on the drilling completion side after this downturn, without question. And because we have the right team to be able to execute that, we have the right relationships we're still privately right. owned. Um, we're not. Pri- I mean, it was. I have two partners, um, but we're a privately owned company. So and you, can make, you can make decisions that are for the the long, not exactly. the short. Yeah. Exactly. And like for us now, my my thing is, I want to keep our core group together because I have an incredible team that I don't want to lose. Yeah. And uh, which is which is great. And so we're focusing more on expanding our 
portfolio instead of locations. And so now, whenever we expand, it's like hey, drilling tools, this is what we got. All patented, all proprietary technology, all completion tools, okay, this is what we got. And no services, oh, this is what we have. So our model is completely different than anyone that's in the game right now. And we're going to come out on the other side stronger than we've ever been. Uh, and it's all about maintaining the right, the right presence, executing the right, the right way. Because it's my responsibility for me to keep all the team that I have employed, their families. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of pressure, um, you know, for any, whether you're managing a department. You can be a department manager at, at your local, yeah. you know. Anything. It, that's you your responsibility. Ownership, yes. it's, it's your responsibility for you. Your decisions impact their livelihood. Let me ask you a question. You, you, are you a reader? Do you like to read? Yeah, I read all the time. Well, yeah. I, uh, so what kind of books do you read? I mean, what, what are you into and what's a good book that you've read recently? This last uh, two months, my focus was to get my body fat down to 10%. I mean, I'm yeah. starting not to like no, you listen, every no, no, but I mean, second I'm just, of this just interview. Leave. This just is leave. disgusting. No, so yeah. that, was, that, was, that, was, that was my goal. But I also wanted to read, I wanted to read a book a week. Um, because knowledge is power, man. You hear that all the time. We always talk about that. Knowledge That's is true. power. But the, one of the books that I just finished reading that I just shared on my social media was you know, Zero to One, Peter, Peter Thiel. That, uh, oh, yeah, that, Peter Thiel, yeah. He's incredible. He's incredible what, what, what he talked about. And I think as where we are in the industry right now, one of the things that he talks about is you have different types of growth. Um, you have you know, horizontal growth, which is, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but China, uh, they copy everything that the United States does. And then you have vertical growth. By the way, we're in the top 1% of the Chinese podcast market, so okay. I hope they hear so this. Please edit yeah. that. Absolutely not. I'm not editing that. They do no, copy, though. No, but they do. So he talked about that China would never, Peter talked Victoria's about. Victoria's going to make me edit he would that. Never, he would never see China becoming a superpower because they copy everything that we do. And essentially, they're 25 years behind the United States of America. So, but one of the things that, that Peter did a phenomenal job of, he said they will sit around in Palo Alto, discussion of ideas in, in the dot-com uh, boom. People were IPOing and like incorporating companies and getting all this money in from everywhere before they even had an LLC. Uh, because it had, there was just so many different opportunities of that. But he talked about horizontal growth. Horizontal growth is something making it, like you're making something slightly better. You know, vertical growth is completely changing the way you do things. And he talked about Elon Musk because that was his partner in mm -hmm. PayPal. Um, and Elon, like, he's incredible. His mind is so out there, but that's what it takes. That's when he came up talking about electric cars. Um, to me, drive trucks, burn as much fuel as you can, you know, of course. I second that. You, you know, but, but he created electric car. Or yeah. The, you know, he made it popular. He <clears throat> did all that. But I think in the energy industry, that's what it's going to take. If we're going to be, you know, it seems like every five years we're dealing with yep. this roller coaster. And I hate that because we're losing so many good people yeah. um, in, in the industry. But it, in the industry going forward, it's going to require vertical growth. Like with pressure, like a total cost of a well on average is pressure pumping, fracking. 60 to 65% of the total well cost is fracking. So we're going to have to find a way to really reduce that. But not only that, you were talking about ESG earlier. We need to be able to do not only reduce the cost of, of fracking, but we need to do it 
more efficient, green, more green. You know, and we have to look at that. We have to be completely open-minded to embrace that. Guess what? I have nieces that are 18 years old, you know, 16 years old, and they're asking questions because most millennials are not educated about or, energy. About they think like, they think oil's bad. They think yeah, this just is turn bad. The, they hit the switch and the light comes on. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that doesn't happen, right? So I think that as an industry, we need to do a better job of educating how important what we do. Well, that's is, what this uh, podcast is about, and you know, the goal for the podcast is to be able to tell these types of stories. You mentioned something. We had a guest on. Uh, he'll launch the same season that you're on. A guy named Ben Bodishbaugh is the CEO of Evolution Well Services. You know, they're an electric frat company. They come in. They they're doing something revolutionary to the to the industry. They're cutting costs, and they, you start talking about what you're describing exactly right there. It's nothing that, like I said, the last five years will not look the same as the next five years, and it's. The mentality of ESG, it's the mentality of taking care of the well. Honestly, it's the the oil and gas industry needs to embrace that it's our job to take care of the earth. And the the solutions that everybody talks about, it, it will come from us. But I think we do. No, you're right. And that's, and that's what, we don't that's tell what, the story well enough. Though. Well, that's that's why we're gonna that's what that's, that's why what, we're gonna tell the story with the Energy ESG Council and get everybody on the same page and drive the narrative. Because the reality is the oil and gas industry has done nothing but improve. The interesting thing is, though, we've done it as a result of economic efficiency needs by the consumer, the operator, et cetera. And the, the, tradition, the, the amazing talent that is in the industry, which has allowed this, this incredible amount of engineering to come into play, you see this efficiency like you've never seen in any other industry out there I believe when you look at what a what a rig does today versus what it used to take five to six to ten rig, rigs to do the same thing from a drilling perspective, and in the the efficiency gains you're seeing, and and as a result of that, you get the reduction in in uh, no you're the, I mean you're speaking you're, we are doing what we're supposed to be doing it, it, we're just not telling people the story exactly properly. I mean I went to a, a Packers game in in Seattle Ugh. and. I had a Wildcat Oil Tools hat on, and says, and the, the my Uber driver said, "Oil Tools." He's like, "Oh man, is that is that fracking?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, not yeah, it is fracking." He's like, "That causes earthquakes and that contaminates the water." And I'm like, "No, it doesn't." Yeah, and it's just people have this stigma of they, the other side has done a better job telling their story. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's and what they we have do a bigger it. media than we like. You know, the, the, they have the national media. Exactly. That's what I'm telling you. I mean, they, they have the national media. I mean, and, and, and it's 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 against us. I went um, to a, a, a deal in D.C., and it was a couple of congressmen and senators were sitting there, and they had all, you know, I just was lucky, truly lucky to be in the room type of situation. And they were all from New York and Pennsylvania, and I was the only Texas guy in the room. So I go to the this event, and he says— uh, hey, this guy's in oil and gas, and this one pencil, New York guy just lights me up. I mean, instantly fracking this, and you know, and I and I'm listening to it, and in my head I'm thinking, man, I don't really even want to talk to you, but now I'm stuck in this conversation, so I have to keep going. So he just beats me, he berates me for five minutes about how fracking, you can't touch the Finger Lakes. He said you can't come near the Finger Lakes, which are the lake system up there in New York State. And I said, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to go to New York State. Gotcha. And thanks, thank you, sir. Please stop yelling whatever you've heard on MSNBC at me. And 
So he does that, and then as soon as he's done, he says, well, but you know what? I'll tell you, I've got a, some land in Pennsylvania, and they're fracking on that, and I'm making a pretty penny on that. As long as you guys don't come to New York, and I stop myself, and I said, wait a minute. Yeah. I said, don't you find that slightly hypocritical that you're making money in Pennsylvania, and you cross the state line, and you've blocked it off, and you're protecting the Because what happened was his New York friends walked away. And he, when he was just he and I, he's like, but I'm doing great in Pennsylvania. And I just thought to myself, you know, that's, we've got as a nation to really kind of look at, you can't just continue to beat up on the oil and gas industry. We are, you know, Dave, to David's point, the amount of good that comes from petroleum, all of the, the, the ISO, isolation gowns in these hospitals, that, those are made with petroleum products. And you, you, can, you could go down a list of products that are made with oil and gas, and it's everything. It's your cell phone. It's whatever you're listening to right this second, it's from oil and gas, promise you. And whatever vehicle or car or house, it's from only us. So we just need to do a better job of telling our story. And, and that's all. That's all it is. I mean, uh, we had a we hosted a group from Colombia that was gonna they wanted to start fracking, and uh, but they had a huge Wait, Columbia University or, or no, sorry, pardon Columbia. me, Columbia, the country, country. Now, that would be amazing um, if we had some people. Well, that's what I wanted to double. No, 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 we're talking New York. Yeah. I heard Columbia. So. Sorry, so but they wanted they wanted to start fracking in Colombia, and so they they came talk to us, and we had a project down there that we did and uh so they asked us so what would you do before you before we even bring this up what would you do i said start educating your, your popular, audience your yeah. audience your people asap before you even bring it up start your promotion start bringing what the benefits are it's and how advice. it's done because when you mention the word fracking people think oh my god fracking well fracking is 99 0.5% water and soap and sand. Nothing, nothing else. Um, so, but a lot of people don't know that. You know, they just think that it's like chemicals and you're doing all this and no one educates them. And if you don't educate them, someone else will, the, the general yeah. public. And I think that's what causes a problem. We have a facility in Pennsylvania. We've drilled, I mean, we've completed wells literally on the, Pensil in the in Pennsylvania and New York border. Yeah. Um, and of course, you have New York City, and New York City's incredible. But if you go to northern New York, people have don't have jobs. They would love to. Yeah. They would love to, and they have an incredible pocket of natural gas. There's not one form of energy right now that's cleaner than natural gas. And the only way that natural gas could be achieved is through through fracking, right? The busiest the busiest uh, what uh, county in Pennsylvania is along the north is on the New York State mm -hmm. Pennsylvania line. And Tom Reed is the New York congressman based in that region. He's dying to help, you know, promote. He, he loves natural gas from a, as a, uh, a fuel nationally, but he's, you know, look, he's sensitive. He's got the Ithaca College in his mm -hmm. uh, district, so he has to be careful, and which I totally appreciate and understand <laughs> that. And by the way, you know, the, the show is apolitical, so we don't really care. We're looking for our fresh ideas. It doesn't matter to us how you, you know, the politics of it. But he told us that the busiest... Ford, Chevy, Dodge dealerships in Pennsylvania are on that borderline because there's what happens there's or excuse me in New York state is they, they drive up from Pennsylvania and they go to the other side of the state where there's the economic situation isn't as good as it is in Pennsylvania and cars are cheaper. So they just they just stack cars and buy cars in New York state just south or just north of the line. So it, the oil and gas industry is just fantastic. It's it just needs it needs a better PR agent. That's kind of what we're doing here today. 
Well, we're trying to. Well, yeah, we might be screwing everything up here. <laughs> but listen, all right, we I have this this podcast could be four hours long. I have no idea where we are right now. So why don't we bring it to to we, kind of an end? Land in the plane. Land the plane, and as we land the plane, one of the things we always like to ask our guests is is there is there any any advice that and by the way, you've given a lot of really good uh, insight and advice in our conversation today. Is there any advice that you would give to your former self, to anybody else that, that has got any, any thoughts about pursuing their dreams and, and doing something entrepreneurial? See, you, wait a minute. That's, that's part of the question. You, you're doing great here. <laughs> Well, the whole question. The whole question. I've had, had a, a good drink. I've had a little tequila. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the so we always ask two questions of every <laughs> yeah. guest. We we totally blew the first one. The first well, one was: Have you ever been on a podcast? Yeah. I, I have. This is my second one. Oh yeah. Where yeah, was yeah. the first one? Were they Were they as it, good as this one? Uh, the Permian Perspective uh, in Midland. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, sure they're nice people. It, they're great, but uh, no, this well, is. We, the, I didn't drink tequila there, so this is. Well, this we is like those people very much. I'm sure they're great. So thank you, Permian Perspective. And the second question, which David got 20% of this right, is uh, if you could go back to you 20 years ago, 20 years younger, Aaron Marquez, and say, is there any piece of advice that you would give yourself or that if there's a, a mantra that you live by, is there, you know, is there something that you would pass on to? Or if you have an 18-year-old niece or nephew that's going to be coming into the industry, what would you pass on to them? Um, the, from, a, from an entrepreneur perspective, there are just so many, you know, for us, so many things that come to mind whenever I say that. Uh, but one of the things I looking back is there's so many things that come to mind to me. And the biggest thing is what I hate hearing from different people that, that want to go into business and want to want to uh, start a, a company. The first the first way of trying to raise money is they contact their mom and dad or their brother and sister, their aunt and uncle or their best friend and they get everybody's money that they have in their little piggy bank and they put it together in a company. Don't do that. You know, it, you need to create a, create the right plan to make sure that it, that it works correctly and you know, everyone ties all their family members into their business yeah. and if it fails, you have this responsibility. And, and resentment. And resentment. But also, you don't get a true evaluation of your idea because guess what? Your mom's not going to tell you this is this is not Great very idea. good. This is an incredible idea. No, if you go to people that are not familiar with you and you present an idea, or go talk to a bank or whatever, work with them. You know, don't try to bring your whole family in and put them their whole retirement into yeah. a gamble when you're not familiar with what you do. But the biggest thing that I say with everything is. Whenever you have an idea, execute it. And no one's, there's gonna be times that when you're going through this whole process, people are not gonna clap for you, people are not gonna believe in you, they're not gonna, but whenever you commercialize and you bring things to life, then, yeah. then other people are gonna embrace it. And a lot of times you're gonna end up getting more support from people that you do not know, that, that are not friends of you. You're gonna get more support from people that, a random guy that you met two months ago or somebody that heard of you, you end up getting more support from people that are not directly related to you than, than your friends and family oh, and I guarantee else. you my mom has not downloaded this podcast. Guarantee I mean, it. She, they, like, she is not listening. And that's not because she doesn't understand technology, but it's just they, they're always going to view you as a, a 10-year-old kid. You know, yeah. right? And at some level, you just got to keep pushing on. Um, 
it is you said something a second ago i see this is it this is that tequila is too good but i love i love this oh i know what i wanted to ask you you were talking about your dad earlier and your mom and your dad and then your dad came to work and helping you assembly have have your parents ever just stopped and said man this is pretty amazing did your dad ever i'm sure i, I don't mean to be rude with this question did he ever learn english how is his english now i mean he's been here you know 20 years how is his command of the language and does he understand what his son really has built? One other thing, my dad speaks English. My mom doesn't speak English. Mom always stayed home and like my brother and sisters, they all have kids. So mom, they always go to grandma's house. And do they have to speak Spanish uh, at, at yeah. grandma's? Okay. Which is, which is great. But mom can understand English, but she really doesn't speak it. Isn't that amazing that yeah. she just, you, when you're not forced to do something, you just won't do and, it. And she's, she's comfortable and she, cause she never leaves the house as yeah. much as, you know, and uh, mom's very shy, and so she's very more more uh, reserved. With dad, I've done so many different things through through my life. I feel like I've overcome a lot of obstacles, but obstacles to me are not even. I don't look at things as obstacles. I look at things of your next step. <coughs> but one of the things that I've always struggled with that. I wish for once, like my dad would tell me, man, I'm so proud of you. Like if he, if my dad would say, Aaron, I'm proud of you, that would mean the world to me. Yeah, I've never heard that. But my dad is, my dad's very young. My, my dad's 56 and I'm 38. I'm gonna be 38, of course, tomorrow. So, but, Dave, so he's David's age, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, so my dad's very young. So he's never told me like, I'm proud of you. And I honestly, so I feel like I've never done anything yet to be, for him to be proud of. Mom does. Mom, mom's but, all. She's all but, on Team Aaron, huh? You know, she's so mijo. She, yeah, she's. I'm telling you, mom. You know, mom is about. You know, if there's four pieces of the cake left, and there's five people, <laughs> you know, my mom would say, "You know what? I don't like cake." Oh, you know, and that's that, just that, mom. That warms my heart. Be, and that's it's mom. Either that or yeah. the tequila that I'm drinking. Yeah, that yeah is amazing. Like, you know, that's, I mean, I'm telling you, that's that's the way mom, and that most moms are like that. And mom, I mean, she's incredible. My mom's incredible. Like, What's uh, her name? Uh, Vicky. Vicky. Yeah. Okay. And so, but that's the way she is. And she's more open and say, oh, I'm so proud of you. And, and I don't like hearing that. I honestly don't like, from dad, it was just, it would be great if he had, and if he had some point would tell me that. But I just got to pick up my game, man. You know, so no, that's it. listen. You're, you're, yeah. The problem is, you're. I worked for my dad when I first got out of school, and I love my dad very much. He's a great guy. He's very smart, and I'm one of four brothers. I've, and all my brother, my dad was a college athlete. My mom was a college athlete, so they're just hyper competitive. Uh, and my brothers are all competitive, and we had to compete for. I hate to say this because it wasn't. It, they love us, but you, you kind of had to compete for their love, if that makes sense. And, you know, my dad and I just headbutted for the seven years I worked for him. I, and I finally realized I'm either going to have a dad or I'm going to have a boss. And I hate my boss. <laughs> like, so I'm getting out of the boss situation. So when I pulled out of that thing, we, we really struggled with how close we were going to be. And I told my, I'm, I'm married, I told my wife, you know, I said, I've had to come to the terms with, I'm never going to hear, you, you did you did great. You did what better than what I thought you would do, right? Whether that's true or not, I just assume that I've done better than what I thought they would do. And 
I'll never get that, which I'm okay with. I'm not trying to make a sad sob story here. But what happened was a couple years ago, he came to me. We were in Colorado together. That's where they live in the summertime now. They kind of float back and forth. As soon as it hits 85 in humidity, they're out. But And he said, hey, hey, you know, uh, you're, doing, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, we, I, I see what you're doing. You're doing pretty good. And that was literally it. And I, I remember thinking, that's as close as I'm ever going to get to I'm proud of you. You've done a great job. So, you know, your dad may never say what you want him to say. And I, I guess I'm now this is the tequila. This is the best tequila I've ever had because now I'm I'm going deep on this thing. Yeah. But, it's, I'm thinking we're sitting on the couch in here or something. Well, but it, honestly, but it's it's it truly as an entrepreneur, like it, it really you're the one that has to motivate you every single day. And, and that's what I was saying earlier. Yes. <clears throat> when things get going, you have to motivate yourself. Every day. And as an entrepreneur, if it's your money on the line, it's different when you when somebody else it's somebody else's money. But when it's your money, it's your you wake up in the morning, like somebody splashed a, a, a ice bucket, you know, uh, and you got out of bed because it's your money. And I never, I would never want it any other way. Yeah. You know, uh, like for me, I'm, I'm invested in many different businesses. I own zero stock. I don't buy, I don't, I don't buy any, any, anything in the stock market um, because I'm never going to invest in anything that I can't control. My one of my bucket list items, which I will at some point, is to ring the the uh, mm-hmm. bell at the New York Stock Exchange. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if I ever build Walkat big enough to go public or run a public publicly traded company. But that's one of my goals down we'll the road. Just break in. And um, but yeah, even if maybe I just we've, do that. We've got just, some connections. We can yeah. we can get you up there and ring the but bell. Listen, we're gonna ring but, that bell. Aaron, I. I you you said a lot of things. I've I've been impressed with you ever since I met you. Not truly mean that. Yes. And uh, it's a great story, and it's a story that I think a lot of people should pay attention to, and it should give them a lot of hope. Of course, hope doesn't get you that much, and it takes a lot of a lot of um, a lot of hard work and effort. And uh, and I've always been uh, a big believer. Somebody's had some challenges in his life and, and will probably continue to it's just as anybody else will different tea box to your point is that if it's not hard to do it's not worth doing that's a DeRoad original now the other one I yeah the other one I like though it's not a DeRoad original I don't know who said it which is that success looks a lot like failure yeah Josh, and I think there's there's a lot of true truth in that and and I think a lot of people which it kind of separates the haves and the have-nots, those that are willing to, to get back on the horse and, and try, to, try to keep riding it. So I apologize for, for uh, you know, yeah. pushing through the storms and believing in yourself and, and taking what could be viewed as negative energy and, and going the wrong direction and taking that to fuel yourself. And, and I really appreciated what you're doing with the, uh, the kids in the Midland community and, and talking to them about about your story and, and uh, getting them to uh, believe in themselves because that's a that's a huge deal. But it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, a lot of the kids, uh, especially in the Permian Basin, uh, most of them are Hispanic or low income. And so whenever they see me and, and I talk to them about, hey, I was just like you. I, I didn't even speak English. So you were like way ahead of me and you could be a whole lot ahead of me than, than, than yeah. I am now. Um, and they love that. They love, but to me, I see myself 
in them. And, and that's probably one of the things that's most more fulfilling. There's a lot of things in life that you're going to that you're going to get a level of fulfillment. But whenever you get to talk to a kid, if you really think about it, because these kids like for us, you know, in our family, all it takes is one person to completely change yeah. like the generation, the whole generation, yeah. the whole generation yeah. of, of everything. Um, and the United States of America, I promise you, oh my gosh, is so fortunate. I've traveled the world. I'm very fortunate to travel the world and done business in, in other countries. The United States of America creates a platform for anyone, anyone, an immigrant like myself, you know, son of, I mean, I'm first, genera- first generation, um, you know, Mexican-American. Um, I mentioned before through one of my social media posts that when I got my first bonus check from neighbors, I paid for everyone in my family to become American citizens. That's how much I love this country. Love it. That is what a are, cool story. What other country in the world is going to allow you the vehicle? Provide you know if you if you believe in yourself and you execute the right the right things, um, you can accomplish anything that you want. And I think that now everyone needs to embrace that. It's no longer it's no longer about you can look at things and say, oh, I can't do this because of this, this, and this. That's not the way my brain's wired. I'm going to look at, hey, I can do this, and here's why. And a lot of people get so f- concerned about failing on accomplishing something. Um, but, man, don't, don't be, like you hear a thousand times, don't be afraid of failure. Because you can look back and be like, oh, I failed. And you can get over that. Because failure sometimes humbles you. Yeah. You learn more. But the not trying aspect or not, not never tr- knowing, no. I will never be able to live with that. So just make the most of it. So listen, so we're going to wrap up. This has been, this is crazy. I, we're going to, so what, give me some uh, websites that people can look at, look you up. So Wildcat Oil Tools, is that, what's your email address or the website? So we have uh, wildcatoiltools.com Wildcat for wildcatoiltools.com. And then we have uh, Flecha Azul Tequila. So Flecha Azul is F-L-E-C-H-A Azul, A-Z-U-L. What is Flecha? Flecha is arrow. Arrow, so blue so, arrow. Blue. Do you see like how I translate that immediately? That, that's pretty good. You're okay. Texican. I see it. I, told I see you it, Josh. <laughs> I see it, man. Flecha azul. Uh, so the way we, the reason we did Flecha was because of the uh, the the koa. Uh, it's a koa that's used to cut the the, uh, the piña of the agave, and it's it's a it's a flecha, which an arrow at the end okay. of the, at the end of the of the koa to be able to cut the agave. I love it. And then the azul is because the, obviously the agave is blue. Okay, so flechaazul.com. Uh-huh. And then Black Quail. Black Quail. Apparel.com. Black Quail Apparel.com. Yeah, that's their, our, our clothing. You got three. Is there anything else? This is, give me one no, more. No, that's, that's and, plenty. And so you're, ba- Basin Burger House. Yeah, well, BasinBurgerHouse.com. Uh, man, this I'm, is good, I'm, man. Dude, I'm, is, I'm watching the timer. I got 34 yeah. seconds here. No. So <laughs> we, and Air, uh, Abraham. Abraham Answer. On that's Instagram. A, Trust me. Follow him. You'll hate your life immediately afterwards. It's great to follow him. Uh, anything else? Last second. No, that's it. Thank you so guys for for having me. I really do appreciate that. Uh, this is an incredible podcast. It's not even a podcast. We're man. incredible. It's literally, people. you are. You are. This is what we do. Uh, we wake up. We we do incredible things. Victoria is going to hate <laughs> this. Podcast. You're not as cool as Victoria or John, but you'll get there. But I, <laughs> but I, I, pro, I promise you. Like, but this you're is talking cool. about this Josh, is, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good, Dave. Yeah, yeah. But, so I'm going to let that play. What you hear in the background is the alarm that we set that made us stop talking because. This could have gone on for hours. I am thoroughly impressed with you. I mean this. And look, we have people in town. Where there's there's a, an audience going around. You are going to get all of our support 
from this day forward, that, that attitude about take me out of ESL, put me in the, let me just, I'll take the fire. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Seriously. So, yeah. David, what a show, huh? It's been fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much, Aaron Marquez. Uh, this is going to conclude the, the Wild West of the Oilfield 360 podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform at oilfield360.com or just Oilfield 360 podcast. We are growing our audience. We thank everybody. If you have any questions, you can email David at david at oilfield360.com. That's where you send complaints. If you have anything that says this was the best thing you've ever done, send it to josh at oilfield360.com. And uh, I will forward complaints to David at davidoilfield360.com. Uh, thank and you. Then he our... gets mad at me when I talk, when I give him some feedback on some things. I don't I listen say. to feedback, yeah. David. <laughs> send feedback to David. Uh, our sponsors, we, they may want to be checked out of this episode, but I doubt it. Uh, welcome, the new tequila sponsor. The Fletcher. official, the official Oilfield 360 tequila, Fletcher Sloop Tequila. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the audience loved it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Great podcast. Have Salud. a great day, everyone. Thank you. This episode of the Oilfield 360 podcast was brought to you by the following companies. EIV Capital, a growth equity-focused private equity firm which has been providing capital to the North American energy industry since 2009. The team has extensive experience across the entire energy value chain. We invite you to visit EIVcapital.com and learn how we partner with entrepreneurs to build businesses. Merit Advisors, crafting holistic tax solutions to improve your cash flow and add profit back to your bottom line. When it comes to state and local taxes, Merit is the expert in the oil and gas industry. Visit MeritAdvisor.com. World Oil. For more than 103 years, World Oil has provided global decision makers with coverage of the latest market intelligence and technological advances relating to the upstream oil and gas industry. To subscribe and learn more about these essential resources, please visit WorldOil.com slash subscribe. For more information on today's guest and to learn more about our sponsors, please follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, or at oilfield360.com. Piper Sandler Companies, NYSE PIPR, is a leading investment bank and institutional securities firm driven to help clients realize the power of partnership. Securities brokerage and investment banking services are offered in the U.S. through Piper Sandler & Company, member SIPC and FINRA, and Europe through Piper Sandler Limited, authorized and regulated by the Securities and Futures Commission. Asset management products and services are offered through four separate investment advisory affiliates, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC-registered Piper Sandler Investment Management, LLC, PJC Capital Partners, LLC, and Piper Sandler and & Company, and Guernsey-based Parallel General Partners Limited, authorized and regulated by the Guernsey Financial Services Commission. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, are the energy specialists of Piper Sandler.